Thank you for tuning in to Walk Down Memory Cane from the Illinois School for the Visually Impaired in Jacksonville, Illinois. In this episode, you'll be listening to a sermon presented by Dan Thompson, graduate 1972, on August 20th, 2023, for Inclusion Sunday. It will start with a song sung by Sidney Horn who will be a graduate in 2024. The song is titled, You Say, by Lauren Hill. God bless, and may all things be going well with you and your family and friends. in my mind that say I'm not enough And every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every high and Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know
You have every failure, God. You have every victory. Ooh, oh, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. And you say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe, oh, I believe what you say to me. I believe, oh, I believe, yes, I believe what you say to me. I I just thank you for giving me the honor to stand in this holy place, in this pulpit, once again to share my thoughts with you. But before I start, I want you to turn to the people next to you, behind you, in front of you, around, and give them a smile, a touch of the hand. Let them know that you know that they are here, that they are included. I'll give you a few seconds to do that. Today I'll be addressing three main points in my sermon. When considering topics for the sermon today, I want to define someone unknown as well as disabled in Scripture. This proved to be much more of a challenge than I expected. It would have been a heck of a lot easier just to tell you and remind you of the well-known special needs persons in Scripture. For example, the healing of the boy with epilepsy that you'll find in Mark 9, 14 through 29. Or the man born blind, and Jesus restored his sight by applying mud to his eyes. That was in John 9, 1 through 7. Then there was the curing of a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, which you'll find in Mark 10, 46 through 52. And one more, the gentleman who was deaf, but God cured him too. He's in Mark 7, 33. Sometimes those who are different because of a disability often feel invisible. For this reason, it was really important to me that I find an example of someone very unknown and would have continued to be rejected if it weren't for some compassionate and brave soul to step out of their comfort zone and shine the light on someone else instead of their self. 
that doesn't happen too often in the real world. It isn't until someone who is willing to step out of their comfort zone and reach over into the life of another person with maybe the touch of a hand or a helping word or a kind gesture that a chain of unity begins. I wanted to share with everyone listening today, especially those who feel they just don't fit in anywhere, that they feel like they're outside looking in, that there is some place that all are welcome, no matter the life situation. And that place is in the family of God. Amen? Amen. My first point. As a community, we must be willing to step out and step up. Scripture tells us of King David risking rejection when welcoming the rejected Mephibosheth to his table. Try saying that really fast. It was, he was the son of Jonathan, and the, who was the son of King Saul, and a very special friend to King David. Methabathus was dropped at age five, breaking both of his feet, making him a cripple. A steward named Ziba then tried her best to get King David to turn against Methabathus. However, David welcomed him into his family. He didn't care about the risk, and he wanted to help Methabathus feel he was a part of a family, that he belonged in, in the kingdom, and he was a part of David's family and was welcome no matter what. Methabathus always ate at the king's table, also reinforced Methabathus' social status and indicated that he, David valued Methabathus' counsel and advice. I wonder, were there stares or gasps the first time Methabathus sat down for dinner? Or did anyone just get up and leave? And what about Methabathus himself? He felt he was a dead dog. He viewed his life as a disabled person, as a faith worse than death. Most likely, he lived a life in isolation until King David came along and called for him. That is just what I felt like at age five after losing my sight because of the inaccurate operations of doctors and after coming home being repeatedly told by family members I was worthless, I would be a burden on society and never become anything. That went on all through my high school years. However, 
God had a bigger and greater plan. He brought me to a paradise in central Illinois called the Illinois School for the Visually Impaired. That place where children are shown their worth. Self-confidence, willpower, and independence are promoted by an awesome group of God's guardian angels. Those years spent there is why I stand here today as an independent, successful child of God. My second point is, dare to make a difference because you can help someone else not feel so different. Did Methabathus feel he was going to his death? Maybe he was just a little too afraid to say to King David, hey, this is not how it's supposed to be. After all, persons with disabilities were supposed to be shunned. They were supposed to be isolated. The only job that they could legitimately hold was that of a beggar. Why would David insist on turning the world upside down. The treasure in this story is the transformation not only of David and Methabotheth and their relationship together, but of the entire community. How powerful is that? Well, there are many other examples of afflicted, lame, or disabled individuals in the scripture. However, Methabotha's story shows a person with a disability as a complicated, complex being that he or she is that actually all of us are, if we would admit it, and demonstrates that those who are non-disabled as well as those who are disabled, must do what is right in the sight of God. It reveals that disability issues are complex. They include accessibility, autonomy, work, economic status, socialization, and the right to get married and, well, also have children. Both the non-disabled and the disabled have an equal place in society. Disability is part of life that needs to be addressed by non-disabled as well as disabled people. Finally, the story of Methabatha shows the ministry with persons with disability takes place in the practical, everyday details of life. My final point is unity promotes compassion and community healing. Division can result in injury to the person and to the whole community. 
It is still very common today when a person with a visual or with a visible disability or maybe appears a little timid comes into an evaluation or an interview. The employer has already made up their mind once the interviewee enters the room. The unspoken yet very present concern of liability hangs heavy in the room. That just reinforces that the person coming for the interview is not good enough and is viewed not to be able to do anything. I like to consider, uh, I like to think of liability as telling a lie about a person's ability. While recovering in the hospital recently after a heart surgery, I had to take several walks down the hallway and move around the room. The first time I went down the hallway, I had my own posse of protectors ready to reach out and grab if anything happened. Once I paused for a minute, I I said, I'm, I'm quite capable and independent of walking by myself, but I appreciate your genuine concern for my safety. They went and then had a consultation with the boss, that being Judy, and she agreed to all, and then the amount of people escorting me down that hallway daily was reduced down to one or two people. The day I was released from the hospital, the nurses and therapists both told me, well, you really changed our opinion of what a blind person could do or even a handicapped person. I hope that that meant that they will treat not just handicapped people or people that seem different, that they will treat them a little better in the future and help them not to feel different, but that they will be united in a community. Of course, it is up to all of us to reach out and touch someone else via maybe a calming word, maybe some encouragement, maybe a smile, and if allowed, a touch or a hug. A strong chain can be used to carry heavy loads. However, one fragile link in that chain can result in major disaster. The same goes for mankind. When failing to consider what all members of a community can bring to a group activity, the strength of the community unity becomes weakened. However, if someone dares to splice that weak link with friendship, compassion, or maybe love, an unbreakable chain of unity can be formed. We all must stick together to reinforce the chain of unity. Each of us has been uniquely gifted with the capacity to make contributions 
to the work of Christ. We were never intended to live in isolation, but to work together to become a great force for God and the advancement of his cause. As Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 14, the body of Christ is not one member, but many. All of us are to use our gifts to serve one another so that together we can make a significant difference in the world. We must put our difference, our giftedness to work joyfully cooperating with other people's giftedness to create a united community which will grow. In closing, we can accomplish more together than we can alone. Now, brothers and sisters, listen careful. God has not called us to see through each other, but instead to see each other through. Carry each other's burdens. And in that way, we will fulfill the law of Christ. Let us say a little prayer. Lord, teach us to use our strengths in cooperation with the strengths of others around us. Help us to serve as one so that we might know the joy of the power of our togetherness. For your name's sake, we pray and thank you for the love you have given us and welcome us into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and thank you for listening to me. God bless.